Hello, hello, and welcome to another episode of Putting It Together, the Creative Conversations podcast. Uh, don't adjust your headsets. It's me, Cole, uh, usually behind the scenes of this podcast, but uh, Brian has um, has has let me out my cage for this one. <laughs> Sorry, I could not laugh at that. I'm here, I am here. Brian is here. Um we're 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 co-piloting this ship today, aren't we? We Let's are, yeah. That. Well, I mean, I figured at some point I'm going to want a day off, and so I thought two years ago I went, I'm going to train this guy up, <laughs> so that in two years' time I can have one day off. In two years' time when I'm really busy, <laughs> yeah, I I'll get this coming. wee guy in. No, I mean, I thought you know you've been doing such great work with the podcast, and uh, we wanted to do an episode of the three of us round the table talking about we the James and Frank story, and I thought, well, what better time? Here we are. A nice wee segue in. Aye. We are currently in our final stages of the Janice and Frank story 2022. I should have said aha uh-huh at the start. The show's called aha. Uh-huh. Uh, I'll say that. Aha. Aha. Stick that in the end. That's why you're here. Uh, this is it. Aha. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. You can go now. No, I'm kidding, Steve. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and it's going well. It's going swell. We've just finished a run uh, and Brian did very well. It's a very funny show. Um... And it's it's only getting better. And you keep you keep changing things up, which I love. And we talk a wee bit in in the podcast. But um Brian's very good at changing things up so that even Gary and I don't know what's coming next sometimes. <laughs> and we've got a still a couple of days left and a whole week of shows for me to change it up and mess about with it, so who knows what we'll have by the end of it. <laughs> <laughs> I love your laugh. Your laugh just cracks me up. I was just gonna go, uh-huh. Ah, well, that's I all you need, isn't that's it? That's all you need. That's good. Um, I should tell you about this week's Play Pie a Pint. It's just, uh, they've just started back and it is called Sally by James Lee and it stars Sally Reed and Sam Stopford and Jemima Levick directs this one and it's going to Aberdeen Performing Arts. I imagine that'll be the Lemon Tree, won't it? I think so, Lemon Tree in the Traverse. Yeah. And it's going to the Trav in Edinburgh. So uh, get along to that, 1pm. Every day this week until Saturday the 10th. And you get a pie and a pint or another beverage of your choice. Um, no I, always, I always get an orange juice and lemonade. I know. I know this about you. I do. I like an OG and lemonade. When I'm working there, they now actually know that I have a three-shot latte before the show. Wow. And a pint of soda water after the show. You've cracked it. I've got it. Yeah. And yeah, I'm still not happy. Mm. <laughs> I'm looking forward to seeing it I'm kind of hoping that in our travels on Thursday when we're picking up the set and everything we'll somehow manage to fit in a trip to Ormond oh that's play. good cause I'm hoping because otherwise we wouldn't well we see it in Edinburgh or something but but we're here we're here in Glasgow so Glasgow tune so I. so I think now it's time for our guests of the week they are Brian O'Sullivan and Gary McNair they're with me and we are putting it together Who was it? Was it Babs Rafferty? Was like, has this been filmed? Yeah, yeah. That was gold. I know. And I was like, no, no, you're safe, you're safe. No. People do that all the time with street interviews. So they, you go up to them and say, I could ask you a couple of questions about it. And they go, I'm not being filmed, am I? I'm like, no. And it's everyone's, and they say, no, it's just the, this thing. And they go, oh, fine. I'm fine with that, yeah. <laughs> it's like, yeah. So, aha, the Janice and Frank show 2022. Aye. How has it been going? How has it been going? I find it, um, I mean, it's the most fun of any room ever, I think I can safely say. Um, and Gary may or may not probably <laughs> well agree with me. <laughs> it's a rare tale. It's one of, we were just, I mean, we were saying yesterday, it's hard to replicate a conversation you were having in the spot of the moment, but just celebrating the joy of this project, the room, the fun to have, yeah. that we have. It's just, it's great. You kind of, you get, it's one of those moods where you, and you say it in a joking manner, but you go, oh, we get to call this work, but you do. Yeah, it's good. yeah, yeah. It's just loads of fun, and I think uh, if it wasn't, then something wouldn't be right because this yeah. show ha- has to be a great night out. It has to be a good laugh, yeah, and that has to come from a genuine place of fun and joy and love. You know, would you? I mean, you've you've been there too. I've been I've been there as well. No, yeah. I've I've loved it. It's been the it has been a joyful room full of uh, full of laughter. Yeah, yeah, and. Uh, and we'll get into it a bit more later on, but you change you change it so often, or not change 
let's change the script but you you there's bits that you keep fresh so yeah. even for gary and i we have no idea what you're going to hit out with at certain points in the, in the yeah show. and that's funny because i forgot that we did that but we did there was the same exact thing in the last show we did of this where it was maybe just two or three moments where gary always knew that i was going to do something different <laughs> in every rehearsal and then actually in every show as well and oh really like, what's it going to be you know it's just a yeah. daft thing but like yeah we keep looking at each other going what's it going to be this time and then you <laughs> hit us with the gold but that that's the thing that's the power of that's building a structure for freedom right yeah, within exactly, the material yeah. and going like we get everything tight because you know that's a incredible to blow your trumpet but that is incredible skill you have so we build it you get the structure and the great writing you've done and then you know that you're going to get a moment to do that free it up yeah, so you, ha you have to have the stuff in place first, don't you, otherwise? Yeah. Well, in order to do what you're trying to achieve, like we always said, but we didn't know how you know effective this would transfer. You, you, the, the belief was there. We always said, look, script it, get into that, and if that's all going to high dough, you turn up and just be Janice for an improv and loose around, but actually what you get, what you gain by having an emotional arc that you've set out to tell and go that bit deeper on all these things means mm. that they they won't know they some people might think you turn up and you just start and it's all improvised some people might think might. That every <laughs> single bit of it is scripted it's those we but there's a liveness i think that radiates into the energy of the whole piece knowing that you get to crucially tell the story not just read it or recite it or it's you are mm. you get to be one and the same with it and you might in the moment realize oh i know how to say this there's a better way to say this thing i'm gonna have a bit of freedom with a bit of fun with this because you know where mm. you're going you know where you can bring it back to um does that make sense i don't know if that makes sense aye it does i think it's interesting that you say that there might well be people who think it's all just like kind of whatever off the cuff or you something. turn up and just start speaking <laughs> i've got a rough idea yeah you know but then ach, i don't know i don't know there's all you could do it there's many ways to skin a cat <laughs> Life's so, too short to stuff a mushroom. There's also that is wise. Speaking of which, <laughs> tell us a bit about the process of writing it. So when you, if you, when you go to, when you sit down mm. or stand up to start writing, <laughs> I don't know how you write. Um, <laughs> what what would you do? How does it happen? I for this I, I write completely differently to anything else I would write. For this I pick a topic, and then I set my phone recording and i just start talking in character so i never there's no bits of this that i've sat down to write and and looked at a blank page ever none at all no well it's always started from voice notes and they're long and rambling they're usually at least twice as long as the bits end up being and of course completely different to what the bits end up being eventually but what i've done historically is i've listened to them back and i've typed them out word for word every aha uh -huh, every breath mostly because i'm obsessive and i think what if the gold is in this one little bit i better just type it all exactly and then i've got the original and then i can mess with it i don't want to edit as i go because what what am i losing so i just type it all and then then i just leave it and then when we get into the room what i've what i'm really presenting is um a load of skits of me talking into my phone which i've in some cases reordered or you know edited a bit but I think if you were to look at any of those original voice notes and compare them to the sections in the show, you would find little traces of what's yeah. there, but f but not much else. I think because you've you've always got a a through line or a storyline in your show as well, so mm. I suppose you need to work that into it. Yeah, but for me, it's not a strong point. I don't think the sort of narrative structure is not my strongest suit. So what I do is start with the skits, and then almost overlay the narrative comes second not that it's i mean it would be mad to do it completely without any thought of that but um the thing that comes first is just hearing the characters talk in their own voices and then i chip away until i find where the narrative might be inside of all that yeah rather than start with the overarching story and try and f make the characters talk about that yeah and i suppose you're at a stage now with these characters that you can sort of perhaps maybe drop them into any situation and you know how they would react or you know what they would say would that's that the be? beauty of it which is why it's each bit has a title because you go okay so this bit's about that and what i do is just think of it and i remember walking along 
right speaking the lottery bit in fact i remember where i was and i just thought okay what if what if janice was to talk about the lottery somebody she knew won the lottery or she would like to win the lottery or whatever and what you get is you just get janice's feeling about that whole subject and it's weird like she just she sort of talks for me yeah (laughs) and i don't really need to worry too much i just go right well what does she think yeah uh, no one, there's no pressure because it doesn't have to be right or wrong. It doesn't have to, no one has to hear it except me. So I just let her riff. And then invariably, if, if she talks for 10 minutes, you probably, you could probably make that into a four minute scene. Yeah, taking all the good stuff. Yeah, you, you chip away and you get the good stuff and you or leave the, the rest. best stuff. Yeah. yeah. Nice. And so for Gary, what? how do you approach such text when you uh, when you get the script? I love that you've used the word text. It makes me feel text. very big. I, j- I tried it there. It is a text. Well, would... listen, it is a text. What is the difference between... that? Like, you would just be putting it down on paper, the blank paper thing. Mm-hmm. You would just be doing that because that's what you think you should do. You see all these people give advice. This is how you should do it. Oh, you put down, you know, write X amount of words a day, no matter what. And mm. you don't... There is no formula that doesn't... There's no formula that's any use unless it works for you, right? That's your system and that's writing. The disconnect between I thought it up in my head and I put it down with my fingers to I thought it up in my head and I free-flowed. You're just, your mouth's moving faster than your hands at that point in time. Well, if somebody was dictating system, it, it or you could type as fast as you could think as Janice, then you it was just writing. So, like, Because mm. you've said this before, you said to somebody, somebody asked you about your writing, I can't remember who it was and I can't remember where we were. But you answered purely from a, you answered at length, exclusively about your musical stuff, about um, Sarah mm. and Oscar and all that stuff. And that was the limit of your answer that you could reach for when talking about writing. Mm. And I remember saying to you, but the, like, and you're like, oh, I hate it, it's drudge. I, you know, I don't know if you use the word hate, but there was it was all about work and chipping away and like just grinding it out. And I said, but listen, see when you do this, the Janice stuff, that's writing mm. and that's creating and that's bringing words that, and it's the exact same process from thought to stage, but there's a joyous route to it where you allow yourself, your process to come to be what it is. And to come to be itself and be allowed and be true, and that truth carries through. And it's just like it—it's so again, it doesn't feel like work because it's fun and it's a whole different thing. But so, of course, it's a text. These, I don't know. Maybe that's why it doesn't. Why I don't identify it as writing when I'm asked those things because it feels so little like work that I go, how could I possibly? It's—it's frank though, isn't it? You're not putting on the jacket of writer. Yeah, just making yeah. the show you're yeah. not saying well, well i'll be i'll be a writer for you here i'll sit down and i'll write yeah. you know you're not having to do that so you're not yeah so but i think also to answer your question call about that was just a caveat <laughs> oh we'll have a caveat but i <laughs> to answer your question so you know i get these gems sent to me first you know i remember them i remember where i was when i listened to lottery and i was like well, there's so much in here oh my god janice like she's just this is someone who lives in your head and it would get we're getting to hear it and then you start to go oh by the way what if this is this and they're all connecting to this bit and that and seemingly all these disparate connected but it's osmosis isn't it you don't just go around and even if you, you trust your own process mm. and so all these bits are connected and they seem random and disjointed and it's just a bit about lottery. It's just a bit about euthanasia. But you start to see why you're making all these connections and why these are all happening. You start to, you know, sharpen the lens and say these things are all connected and they're all connected mm. in a way that once you start to, as you say, you go from 10 minutes to four minutes on each one. But with a bit of a, once you've done a bit of a dot to dot, like the crime board, you know, the bit of string goes from oh, yeah, here to yeah, here. Yeah. And it, you, you work, it's a, that's a joy. That's a bit of a puzzle. And then you start to open up, we call it a patter portal. So once you've you've connected these two bits that you know there's a thread building, and then you realise that maybe because you've connected two bits, you, you hack off the stuff that's not relevant and it'll go on a future show because it's all good, it's just not relevant to this bit. But suddenly you, you get, oh, well, what would Janice say in this window? Just crack open that wee bit of light in what she's saying or what does Frank think? Frank's just mentioned, um, I can't think of an example, but 
you know, what does he think on that? And then yeah, you know, because yeah. these guys live in your head. They're very truthful to you. They're very honest to you. And to so to the, that part of the process to spark a little, like, oh, what does Frank think on this? And then you go, well, he thinks this. And say, of course he does. Thank you for asking him. I'm so glad that you did. <laughs> <laughs> and then it, it, invariably that stuff gets to, but so it's 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 a joy, <laughs> as essentially. And how for you as a director, aside from it being one person as opposed to more than one, how does it differ working on a one-man show to a, a a play with six to twelve people in it? Well, I, I don't I don't direct that often. I, I'm I love the monologue as a form, and it's something that I love to burrow into. And it, and when it's joyous and joyful and fun, and you, something fun in the world, like what a gift! I mean, I would love to take my hand at some point and direct bigger casts and stuff but I think there's something very different I mean I, I, directors are very it's a very malleable job right what is your, yeah. job, your job is to be as invisible as possible and particularly in a process like this it's just nudges here and there and suggestions mm. and Brian's very open we've got a lot of trust we've been you know making each other laugh for near 20 years and that it's just about well we were talking earlier on about people you've maybe worked with before and you see a joke in their thing and you try to suggest it to them but they won't hear it and you know that's a whole other chat but there is a trust there that you can offer it up and quite often it's like oh this I'm allowed in on this puzzle more than I get to direct here's my vision like mm-hmm. so you know Brian bringing in the script and going I hope the director likes it it's like oh listen <laughs> you're the lead on this you're on this I, I like it's a it's a joy to be in the room here's some suggestions and some of those suggestions will solve a, a problem that needs solved, something like technical, and but some of them won't work. And like even today, there's a bit we're going. Actually, I don't think, I don't think that's fitting what Janice is trying to say here or what Frank's trying to say here. Let's build it a different way, and then we get to what needs to be said together. But it always has to. I always, I think it's so important that in a show like this, it's you are the lead. You know more than anything, and. Mm. I, I, well, you never, I mean, obviously never go, oh, okay, like I'm a bit put out that my suggestion wasn't taken. You always oh, offer your God. suggestions like, take it or leave it. If I get one in ten in, I'm like, ah, I got a joke yeah. on this. <laughs> yeah, beauty. Saying to people in the audience, that was my actual See, see, <laughs> see, by the way, he, before he was saying that dead fast, and I said, <laughs> what if you said it slow and listen to that? That is good and comedy. That's what, and that's what you get with me, vision. <laughs> but, but, but it doesn't, like, I don't, like, yeah, I, I didn't, I, I don't, we've accepted a title director and great, lovely, but I get to hang about and go like, I'll do it again. And here's the thing. And I get to just hear it loads mm-hmm. and encourage and nudge uh, here and there. Not that I want to talk myself out of a title because, you know, we all love. <laughs> oh, that's what's important in the world. We love a badge. We, mm-hmm. we love it. Oh, could I get a badge? I'll Speaking of, badge. I mean, the key rings, we should maybe talk. About. <laughs> well, maybe we shouldn't. No, I mean, let, let key me just rings say, the, oh, I'm big we've fan. got key rings, we've got merch, and we've got key rings. We didn't do badges, we did key rings. Key rings better. that are perfect. Yeah. This week's podcast is brought to you by all the merch you can get for Janice and Frank show. Hey, come and get the Janice package, £20 for all the merch items. All round the world. So for you, Brian, uh, you do theatre in casts of large people. Mm. I mean, what was the stamping ground? Uh, t- stamping ground, just 10, actually. Oh, that's a, I mean, that's a fair b- whack. It's big enough. It's, I mean, when you compare it to just doing a solo, it is quite notable. Yeah. For me, it's always not so much the difference. I don't know if I was going to say artistically. No, it is. It's just, it's about your place in it all. And I think in this case, like Gary said, this is kind of, my thing and you know ultimately I kind of decide how it's going to go because yeah. it's a vision and it's what I want to make right um, and something like the Stamping Ground or any big show big musical or whatever um, mine is not the ultimate vision so I've got to be a cog in the bigger machine Yeah, and that's the joy of that job and it's I love that because you go right I know what my job is in this and I just have to fulfil that to the best of my ability serve the play and then get out of the way. Yeah. Serve the play and get out of the way. That's what I say. Is that your motto? That could be <laughs> from now on. <laughs> and uh, and what's the what's the learning process like for you? Getting that you get people aunties going, how do you learn how all those lines? Learn? I mean, the answer is, the true answer is I don't really. I kind of, kind of remember roughly what the character's trying to say. 
But then what I've discovered is that if I am trying to remember what the character is saying at this point in the script, I'm using the same mind that came up with what the character says and wrote it down to remember it. So it's coming out the same head. So the chances are I'll come up with what I wrote. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but then I would say there are some parts or some phrases, lines in the show that you try to hammer the exact same. Are you you need to get the rhythm of it the same? Yeah, so we've spoken rhythmic. about the yeah we've spoken yeah. about the science of comedy before a little bit mm. and how the timing of it all or if you add in an extra word then it all sounds out of place or out of joint or yeah there's there's things that you find that sometimes a gesture goes perfectly with a word and you don't if if you mess with that you know that you've messed with the alchemy of it yeah so you decide right I'm going to stick with that but by and large if I'm trying to remember the lines. Uh, I do believe that the chances are what I'll come up with in my head is roughly what I've come up with before because it's the same head. Yeah. That's kind of my take on it. I think there's a thing where you go, like when it's somebody else's work, you go, what's right? How do I get this right? Like how do I honour every word? But when it's your own, and you can tell me if I'm wrong here, it's about reaccessing that state of flow that helped you come up with it. And if you reaccess right. that, then you you find that alchemy again. Now, by revisiting, you will. There's certain bits where you go well, capture it like that. And that's why you to go back to that process. You record it, and then you write it down as is. Yeah. Because I don't think there's certain phrases. I don't think you would choose. But in that moment, when you listen to it back, you realise what was I looking at earlier on? There was a phrase you used at the end, kind of thing. Mm-hmm. It, you, sometimes you've just got like you'll finish what you're saying and then there'll be a full stop and then it'll say kind of thing and you might not refine those bits mm. in a in a rethink on what you're doing so the rehearsal lets you pick up all these wee cogs and wheels that actually say so much of yeah, the tone of what you're saying useful, then. so when you come across words quote but you realize it, that's, that's your wee clues to yourself i think as to where you were and what you were doing mm. and some of them will kick off and some of them will close but when you say them you're gonna you kind of go because you can approach a bunch of words so you know the form of acting you bunch you can approach text so differently but oh i was you know if somebody said oh i could i could die followed by i could die kind of thing you just you uncut yourself and it's mm-hmm. those things that have so much power on the page as you scan it and they you remember those things that don't seem as important mm. but I think they revisit you so when you look at it I don't know I'm talking all the nonsense but, <laughs> but it's the state of flow you were yeah. in and you remember yeah. that state the state that made you put kind of thing on the end of it as opposed to just stopping where you were because you're yeah. not when you do those voice notes, you're not doing notes to yourself. You're not going, are we thinking about this? You become the character, you free flow it, mm. and that's how they would talk. They live in your head, you're letting them out, and so you then want to do the justice of capturing that and then revisiting as much as you can. Mm. That seems, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Welcome to Gary Repeats What Brian Says, but with less pith. <laughs> how, how do you feel that your previous work has helped you or allowed you to do this kind of work because you've done you've ventured into stand-up comedy a little bit haven't you mm, yes and, th- and similar things like that you've done one uh, Janice and Frank show before mm-hmm. so thinking think on that think and how that is that and say something aye yeah I think um, a bit like we've talked about a lot before I'm obsessed with the kind of the alchemy of comedy yeah of timing you and I have talked about how when, when you see something on the page or when you see when you see a line portrayed brilliantly, on say say or... you watch Darren Brownlee smash a mad line, yes. and then you think immediately you and I go right back to your, and you imagine the page and you think that would look like nothing yeah. on the page. In... That's magic. Um, stuff like that I've always been really interested in. And funny you've said Darren because that's the one person I do that all the time with. Yeah, because I'll, it's I'll, remarkable how yeah. he does that. Darren's a comedic genius. I oh, think yeah. for 100%. anyone who doesn't know Darren's, what where are you? But yeah, yeah. Amazing, amazing. And that's one of those examples of imagining what it would look like on the page and then wondering, would that really be anything? Yeah. So stuff like that. I've always watched comedy with that kind of eye because I go, how how would I, would I be able to get that level of laugh from those words? Yeah. Or what if I said those words differently? Could I get a bigger laugh? Or would it, would that, would it be funnier for me? I'll analyse stuff as I watch it and I'll think... I think they could have done that differently. I wonder how that would be. Not with Darren, by the way. Um, yeah. But on telly and stuff, I think, yeah. oh, that could have landed better. Why did they not put the, the key word at the end of the sentence so it slams down or whatever? 
Um, so yeah, doing a wee bit of stand up helped because of of that stuff about the timing and about the live room. Um, and there are things that I've watched stand up do stand ups do for years, old tricks, but like um, saying sort of a punchline and then running through it. It's they've been doing it for centuries, but you know, saying the punchline and then going and you know anyway or so oh yeah that thing like not letting it not land. letting it land completely because yeah. you take people by surprise we things like that i noticed since i was a kid yeah so i guess that's all been building up um and and then i think i actually kept these characters separate from work for years i just did daft voices and i thought i was just messing about and i was messing about but i didn't think that they were relevant to anything to do with my work i just did my work and then i also did daft voices and then at some point they sort of converged um i found myself doing a thing which is now called uncle frank but it was called uncle chat backstage at the lyceum to steve mcnichol he was in <laughs> stitches in between scenes and i'm going listen by the way we went for a christmas night out me tam bobby and all the rest of them and you know bobby's got a fair bit of money now he's actually sold his company for seven figures I just a bit much and i'm saying this to him and steve's like <laughs> he's trying not to laugh and he's trying to get ready for his yeah. next scene and whenever I come up to him and go, listen, by the way, he would go, oh, here we go, Uncle Chat. And he loved it, you know. Listening. Listen, by the way. Uh, so I found myself doing that and realising, oh, actors find it funny. And I find it funny. So it sort of allowed me to bring it out to the world. But the yeah. main thing it allowed me to bring it out to the world was Gary saying, stop just sending me these videos. Put them on Twitter, <laughs> for goodness sake, put them on Twitter. And I did. And that's where it started. And was that during the lockdown or was that before no it was september of 2020 so it was six months into lockdown okay yeah and that was the I mean, first ever and it wasn't janice it was just a woman and she just had her glasses on by the way all the way up her nose not whoa mm -hmm. yeah it's, talk about that that's blow your mind stuff that you wouldn't but, get that now but yeah it, it seems that there were many many videos before the one that i finally posted which was this woman right. saying and it was Janice not saying anything. It was just that the very first one was, aha, uh -huh, I know. Mm, yes. Oh, we were the same. Uh -huh. For years and years. Uh -huh. Just going on and, and just on. Just that, and on. the yeah, whole video. That was it for oh, a couple wow. of minutes. Yeah. And uh, then I thought, well, what can I, I can't just do that all yeah. the time. That's the trouble when you hit on a, one gag. Like, for example, Connor never finished a sentence. Yeah. And then I'm like, well, I can't just, that can't be his only thing. We need to find out what's inside the mind of this person. Yeah. If we're going to keep yeah. him going. So we had to imagine what kind of things Janice was agreeing or disagreeing with and put them in her mouth at some point. What, what I love, though, about that aha uh -huh thing, though, is you will, it's, it will never be the same twice. Even if you were to... I'm so glad you didn't try and just do how... that you opened up that person mm -hmm. because you find out who it is that's in that scenario and we learn to love Janice so much. But it was such a great place to start because it sort of said everything that she needed to say and it's a rare skill to be able to keep that plate spinning mm. as long as you do and that's how it's it's such a great way so that is going to be too much to say that that comes at the top of the show no because it came at the top it of came the last show and well. it's such a beautiful way to do it and that's a bit where but it's never the same twice it's never the same twice and it is we've joked about it it's it should not be rehearsed because actually it can't be rehearsed because what it is, you mark it and it's not, there's no beats or steps to no. that. There's no music to it. It's a, it's an improvisation. It's a, it's a dance. It's a dance. Exactly. It's an improvised dance and it depends on who's listening and it accesses and it opens up so many portals in our brain. How's he doing this? And all you're doing is, uh-huh, yeah. <laughs> and it's marvellous. But yeah, if I rehearsed it, that aha stuff which i put at the top of the shows i'd be rehearsing a version of it that then i wouldn't it wouldn't be useful on the night because yeah. the version that's needed on the night wouldn't would be very unlikely to be that version and it would stop being what it is right exactly the spontaneity would be gone and the whole point of it would be gone i think so if only it were true of all the bits ah i'm not rehearsing this i need yeah. the spontaneity i'm just not rehearsing any of it <laughs> it'll be good in the night I oh promise. i'm very good in the night that's the thing about me you know <laughs> <laughs> what uh, what would you say your pet peeves in comedy when you're watching the comedy or something that you you watch and go oh I see that too often and I don't like that. Um, I think I mean I think hacky stuff that has just been done a million times. Like, I mean, is there a sitcom in the world that hasn't at some point gone? Well, that went well. 
like how many times have we seen yeah. that joke right and it's just that, that at this point isn't even a joke it's just a thing that people do it's just like like hitting someone over the head with a frying pan does isn't original in any sense it's just something that happens in a comic situation it's just sore yeah it's just painful so stop it no but like <laughs> you know a clown being hit on the head with a, a something is not any no one's going oh my god amazing yeah like, groundbreaking yeah. it's a thing that happens in that circle it's a trope and that's yeah. what that's become but that's so boring. We're I mean, almost accepting the history of it being funny rather than right. It's it not funny, funny at the moment. Yeah. It's just that we've all agreed that it was at one point funny. Would you agree, Gary? I, absolutely. But you, I do want to make a rare exception. There mm. are the rare exception, exceptions who take the stuff we know we're used to and elevate it. So yeah. Rick Mail and Ed Edmondson mm-hmm. hitting each other with frying pans is to them that is their dance. Yeah, of that course. That is their art. Just. Yeah, but that's what that's doing is taking one of those things and then, as you say, elevating it or putting some sort of spin on it or doing something with it. Yeah. Because you take what we expect, like someone who did that went well, but something else that they did with it makes us go, oh, I see this familiar thing, but you've done something different with it. Which is all, all yeah. of all of jokes, really, is here's a familiar thing. Aha, you didn't see that one coming. Yeah, got it, yeah. You know? But when I see stuff like that, that does not need repeated... Yeah. You know, or where no thought has gone in because they're just someone just leans on a trope. I just think, wow, we could do better. You yeah. know, and there are bits in in our show where I think I avoid saying things because I know that uh, there's an obvious answer that I could say. Yeah, there's like there's loads of gags that I can hear in my head that I'm avoiding because I'm like, anyone could have done that. That's and it's I've heard it before, and a couple of ones I've been tempted. Like I said something from the royal family today. I can't remember what it was, but I, I just by reflex, it wasn't in the script. I was looking for a, a punch for something and I, I tacked on a, a royal family type line. And then as soon as I said it, I went, well, obviously I won't say that on the next. I, that's that's not mine and it's been done, but I'm just honouring it because I, I love it and I think yeah. it's funny. Um, but there's loads of moments like that where it would be easy to just slap those on and you get away with it. Many people do yeah, because jokes just do their rounds like pantos and stuff. You hear stuff you've heard before. There are bits that come back. But something like this, the whole, what I want to achieve, not simply I want everyone to have a great time, but on a, on a bigger scale, what I want is to do something that hasn't quite been done before. Yeah. You might see familiar um, elements and people have done character stuff before and they've done talking heads before, but I want people to go, oh, this is not, I've never seen anything quite this way before. Yeah. And if I lean on the easy stuff, then I, I can't achieve that. I think sometimes what you do though is sometimes take the easy stuff and have show us a layer that you know mm. that one that Frank or Janice is finding this funnier and it's the simple thing for them. Like Well that's a joke, isn't it? Exactly. So, so you're, you're layering on top of yeah. that. So you'll you know, take um, you know, th- there's a great bit where Janice reveals in this what is her kind of humour. <laughs> yeah. And it's lovely because <laughs> if you just presented that scene, she's remembering a scene and she's remembering it with fondness and she, it really cracks it up. If we just watch that scene, like a drama that she was in, mm-hmm. it is probably one of those gags that the, the, the low hanging fruit has been done and it's yeah. you're watching it. But you're, what you present is actually seeing someone love that so much mm. that it becomes its own thing yeah. watching yeah. her watch this watching her remember this Margaret Breslin says you know um, Jim watches that much golf I think he's going to turn into a golf ball that's not funny to me right but but, but Janice finds it funny and in the plane of Janice finding it funny that's where I'm hoping to get the laugh yeah. it's not at the golf comment but at Janice's Reaction. relationship yeah. to it her yeah. reaction to it and the fact that she finds it funny tells her a bit more about us tells us a bit more about her sorry you know yeah and i think that's the other thing that is a pet peeve that we share mm. and loads of people say they share this but then they go against it i think for the easy laugh which is punching down yeah and uh, you know these the characters that are in this show are so relatable but they they live this world they never punch down on themselves they're always real people looking out looking at the world they see and that's something that i think happens so often you would so easily get a show that just to be safe just for a couple of safe laughs would just punch down on themselves Mm. and 
you know, the family that live, I think they live in Drumchapel, am I right in that? Knightswood. Knightswood, Drumchapel. Knightswood yeah. area. You could very easily go, well, just, we'll just slag off Knightswood for a wee, every now and again, just to keep ourselves down, just to remind mm-hmm. yourself what we do, play the role. You see it on telly all the time. It's always Glasgow, Glasgow down, Glasgow this. And it's, it's just so depressing to see actually, because they've, like with those jokes, mm-hmm. they've not, they're no longer continuing to find even a, a fresh laugh inside of that self hate that they're telling us we should feel. No, it's just dragging out the old truth. Yeah, isn't it? dragging out. It's a tired self hate, and that's particularly hard to see. So that that that's that, I think that's a peeve we both share, and this it's just so far from that. I hope so. I hope so. We tried very hard not to punch down as well, like in case in case you're ever tempted, or or it seems like a quick. You know, if you catch yourself a wee bit, you go, well, wait a minute, is, are we in danger here? Yeah. You know what I mean? We're trying yeah. to be really vigilant about Yeah, that, or, or even, not am I, but could someone, <clears throat> it's about looking at the material sometimes and going, okay, so we're in a world here where we're talking about something that could be on your talk shows contentious. It's not a contentious show, but sometimes, you know, you bring in, so say you're talking about the, the poverty is mentioned mm-hmm. and it's a comedy. Could you, for ex- do we, we sometimes look at gags in it and say, could someone else, we've got good intentions, mm. that's good, it'll get you so far, it's not always, it's not always everything. Could someone be sitting watching this, go, hi, yeah, yeah, they do deserve no money, or et cetera. You try and get your head in. Yeah, You've got could it anyone find this? So be, that you kind of yeah. go, right, well, let's find a better way to say it or let's make us know that the character is in the know here or let's yeah. make sure that we present that it'd be funny and we present the care that Frank means in this statement mm-hmm. so that it's not, you're not going to misconstrue his thing for a lack of care or a lack of empathy. And that they get, because there's people who laugh at that stuff. People laugh at people being poor. People laugh at people being down or getting kicked. There's loads yeah, of, yeah. you know, comedy in that in that world that, you know, we don't want to be a part of. So you just want to go, oh, could the person who's laughing at that be laughing at this with the same reasons? Well, let's just make that. I don't think they do, but we go through that process. Let's try and not even allow because that Because you don't yeah. want to punch down by proxy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. What, Gary, do you, or how do you want people to feel when they leave? What do you want people to get from coming to see the show? There's a friend, a, a great, a marvelous writer called Molly Taylor, and she's got this little line that I think of that I think of in the theatre. In her show, she had this show, Love Letters to the Public Transport System, and where she tried to track down certain drivers because she doesn't drive. She doesn't. She relies solely on this for getting around her life, and she looks at all the marvelous connections she's made in her life, and she tried to find particular drivers for particular journeys that led to significant moments in her life. Mm-hmm. And there's a great line in that play where this woman is terribly upset and had been through a horrible ordeal ends up on this bus and the driver asks her to just stay on for a bit to check she's all right and he takes her home and they get chatting and as he opens the door says you all right she says you're a better person getting off the bus than you were getting on and i often think of that at the theater no matter what you're bringing in no matter who you were you're all coming in with your difference your expectations you're all but you're coming out better than you went in for various different reasons it's not about how much are you entertained by what's it's going to get in and it's going to think this work really speaks to that because you'll get in you'll laugh your head off you'll think of people in your family you'll think about yourself and how you relate to the world and the world around you and Mm. i think you know best case scenario increases people's empathy increases their you know their good feeling inside but they'll leave somehow slightly or hugely better than when they came in it's a tall order and I, I think, think it's important. Yeah, totally. Mm. And I, when I saw the first live show last year, I was pleasantly surprised of how much emotion and how mm. how much story was throughout it. And the same with this one. There's there's so much um, like pathos at points and there's so many mm. points in it where you go, oh gosh, well, that's really saying something about the world or that's really saying something about friendship or relationships or or poverty and things like that. So... But yeah, so it's important stuff. I think you don't want to, obviously you don't want to preach, you know, or um, have a big agenda, ideally. I don't want to be like, and this is the message. Yeah. What I want to do is go, um, let's open up these characters and see what they think. And of course, 
I've made them so I couldn't stand to make them hateful. I just couldn't stay. I couldn't bear it. Um, it would be too easy. So let's just open up these characters are full of love and contradictions and are sharp around the edges and, you know, get annoyed about things and then see what they make of the world and then just let them speak. Don't go. And so at the end of the day, what you must remember is this, the leftist agenda or whatever. <laughs> Although Tories are cunts. <laughs> the, you... <laughs> Here, here. Mark, Mark Thomas opened his last show at the Fringe. Was that you're all very welcome? Come on in, absolutely everyone. Unless you're a Tory, in which case, seriously, just fuck off. <laughs> I'm not. It's not a joke. You've got this chance now to just no, fucking. I mean, at leave. this point, it's, like, it's just be. beyond the pale, don't you? Um, and uh, but there, there's something. What I think also at the heart of all that is you get to see them. They're not trying to. What's so good about Janice and Frank? They speak freely. They're not trying to be anything for anyone at any time. Right. Yet they are very open through that whole process of through their honesty on all these subjects, you access the vulnerability of them. And through that, we were talking about vulnerability yesterday and what it opens up and what you're putting out there for that. There's a tenderness to it, but it's all done through humour. And once they're once the audience are laughing and laughing and laughing away, you you just there's that much higher chance that they are going to go on that emotional journey with the characters and and, yeah, and, true. and be with the vulnerability because you've, if you've laughed with someone you're going to listen you're going to listen to their problems you're going to listen to their worries their thoughts their cares their hopes ambitions etc etc I never knew what the phrase I've heard people say it my heart is full I've heard people say it for years my heart's so full and I didn't know what that meant and in the last year or so I've, le I've learned through experience what it means to feel like your heart's full like wow I'm just bursting over with like wow what it is to be alive or to, to, uh, for a crude example when I see dogs my heart is full <laughs> it's magic more than one dog oh my god okay <laughs> so if I've seen loads of dogs in the day and I've heard really good music and you know all that stuff then my heart's dead full right and if I laugh a lot and stuff like that so we could what we could do hopefully is use comedy and, and joy to fill the hearts of people and people with full hearts are probably more open you know yeah open to the world open to to being to being accepting of the world they find around them to be less judgmental to to want to do good stuff to want to be yeah. decent all that stuff's dead important to me yeah and if you can do that with a fun show if people come out and have a laugh by a caring crucially and it's the main thing and come out with a full and open heart then you know yeah. boom amazing yeah. what, what a great thing to be able to hopefully do and i think that's also where you can sneak in the little the little messages not that you're trying to hammer a message in or you know like a, a, this big grand point but yeah i think you do that thing of exposing exposing people by opening them up with all these funnies and these jokes and laughter yeah there's it, i would say the proof in the pudding of that of this working is in the last show mm. the amount I don't think people went into that show. I think people went into that Christmas show thinking, I'm going to have a laugh at Christmas. Great. Brilliant. But I don't think they necessarily realised that when they left that show, they would be so open to making... So you raised a lot of money after that mm. for the Wayfair Club. Is yeah. that the right title? Wayside. Wayside Club. And I, th for me, I heard how much you'd raised just from the buckets. Mm. And I went, they've been affected because yeah. they've they're going oh i had such a laugh and he cares about this i'm going to, i should care about mm, this too yeah. that's and I that's think, evidence right there exactly and that wasn't and there's no formula to it there's no that wasn't speculative like we'll see how much they care it was only it was months later i went do you know what because i was I, I was walking around after that feeling much more i got much more in the spirit of christmas and sharing and giving from what frank was saying around the themes of christmas and mm. how he's thinking about it Mm -hmm. than watching Christmas Carol mm. still can't wait for the John Lewis advert but oh god <laughs> that's who knows at the end of the day that's what counts have you got the offer this year yet what's that have you got have you, have you had the offer this year not again <laughs> been passed over for some numpty Rob Beckett or some such again uh, maybe next year maybe next year you never know <laughs> so the last time you did a Janice and Frank show was mm. just in Glasgow 
And yes. I say just meaning it didn't go anywhere else. Not that it's just Glasgow. <laughs> I love Glasgow. Oh yeah, love punching it. down again. Oh man, <laughs> the Glasgow hatred is back. So this time you're going on a little Scottish tour. Yes. So that'll be a bit different. Yeah, I um, I wanted to do a new show that was that was bigger and better, uh, and I wanted to show a a movement forward to go. Okay, so this is what else I've got because we did one show. And you came to see that. Um, for example, you came to see that and the set was entirely bought from the British Heart Foundation in Partick the day before. <laughs> I think to the tune of about 50 quid and we managed to fit it all in the back of my set. So um, this time we hired someone to design something for us so it has a distinct look. Yeah. Um, we've been quite deliberate about that. A few things we took a step up on. We've got the design. Um, we've decided to go to other venues to, to say, well, okay, so maybe this voice isn't just a Glaswegian one. It has a Glaswegian accent, but I think it's, I hope, it's a universal voice. Yeah. So we're testing the water. We're, I mean, really, the practical constraint was, how can we tour, but don't need to stay over? <laughs> because, yeah. because it would have <laughs> broken the bank and we wouldn't have been able to pay everyone. And I can be quite honest about that. For me, like, the absolute top line is that everyone working on this gets paid and paid properly, right? And then beyond that, we'll trickle down and go, can we afford an armchair and all the rest of it? Um, which is why you often end up at the British Heart Foundation. <laughs> so anyway, before. yeah, so I thought, well, let's go to places, but places that we can go and come back in the day. That's the wee constraint that we've got. And see if people outside Glasgow are interested in hearing it. And so far, it seems like they are in some places more than others. <laughs> But that's okay. Some <laughs> well, places are slower to sell than others. Some people, you know, we'll we'll see what happens. I think that you there is some. Let's look at some places more, like because some of them are sold out. Mm -hmm, that's that's true. great. And I don't know. There's you're going to places you don't know anyone. Yeah. And there, there's pe people coming, and I, I just so I anyone coming class. to anyone coming to Falkirk, for example, to see me is a win because I don't know a single soul in Falkirk. The first time I was ever in Falkirk was the other day to make a video about Falkirk to trail the show coming. So I don't know who these people are, but I'm delighted. I'm over the moon that they're coming. Yeah. I just hope that they bring about 46 friends. <laughs> <laughs> I, rem I always remember, um, well, it's you read about it and everyone's reading Harry Hill's biography recently and, you know, talking about playing the venues, on, you know, and you would, you would sell out the Apollo and then you get to yeah. Aberystwyth and they've said, we'd like to, we'd, we'd like to move you to the bar. It's like, yeah. it's never a good thing. <laughs> no, it's not, is it? But like, I, you know, and then... I remember playing oh my big moment when I was in I got NTS show don't worry going to take it on tour oh fantastic here <laughs> yeah. we go Rock Hill Community Centre show 20 minutes after the show started at by the door going I think we'll call it and then going are they maybe oh could they be three three very old people slowly coming up the hill I thought if, here we go because if they they think they think they're late, but we have held it for you, and we go three, and it was a bit, you know I'll be honest, I was a bit mortified, mm. and uh, but I was like, what am I doing? Okay, I was like, what am I, what am I doing with this? And she was like, just go out and play it, just go out and do it, and that was became a thing. It's like do it like it's Glastonbury, you know. The, 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 there's a punk pop band I like called the Hives. They're a cheesy outfit, but they always play every gig like they're headlining Glastonbury. I'm like, do that, and to these three people, I had the best night of my life, and I always think, well, actually. It's what you bring to it, isn't it? Mm. And um, there's more than there's more than three people coming to Falkirk, but it, it's the thing over, over double that. It's but it's a story you tell yourself, isn't it? It's the ego you kind of go, well, oh god, I'm only like if you say there's only say there was six, there's more than six. <laughs> say there's only six people coming to Falkirk. You say, oh, I'm only six. It says these six people aren't good enough. Yeah, Which honestly, true, she, did, she said, wind your neck in and give these six people who've got a babysitter and yeah, they've they've yeah. and you know, come invested in you for a good time. Give them a bloody show. Yeah, Which yeah. of course I have no doubts you will do. I'm excited about that. I think doing venues that I've never played before and I don't know who these people in the audience are going to be, and it's exciting. I've played Greenock many times with different stuff, uh stuff that's close to Greenock's heart, like the Chick Murray uh, play, because Chick was Chick lived there for years and years. But to do something in a theatre that I've never set foot in, Falkirk is the example here, um, and just see what happens. It's dead exciting. And then I get to go to Stirling, which one of the nights is sold out, which is huge for, for us. Um, and then I get to go back there at Christmas and play the dame in the panto. Of course. So I'm kind of like setting up, you know, I'm kind of coming to meet my audience yeah. and go, hello, I hope, I hope it's okay if I come in and <laughs> put on the frock because you've never seen me do yeah. the frock before. 
and I hope it's alright you've had Johnny McKnight you've had Keith McLeish great dames yeah anyway Scooby Doo Scooby Doo another great dame (laughs) (laughs) and we talk about low hanging fruit right Hamlet I'll just go in and do Hamlet I'm going to give you a great Dane or passing places well sometimes you just need to do passing places Scooby Doo would make a good Hamlet because he's a great Dane that's fantastic there you go see we've worked it through and this is what it's like so Polonius, I I would have got away with it if it wasn't for you pesky (laughs) Waynes Hiding in all the shelves and all that, hiding behind pictures. You, Rosencrantz and Guildenstern, you pesky pair. <laughs> Take a mask off them. <laughs> Brian, just remind us where this tour is going. Yes, as if we've not talked about it every waking moment. I know. But we know, and I'm about to tell you, uh, we start on Friday the 9th of September and we do Friday and Saturday. So Friday the 9th, Saturday the 10th at Stirling at McRobert Arts Centre. Then we go on Sunday the 11th to Greenock Beacon Arts Centre. Monday the 12th, Falkirk FTH Theatre. And then Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, 14th, 15th and 16th of September, we're at Oranmore in Glasgow. And they're all on the brink of selling out these shows for everything we've said. They're all pretty close to full, so book now and all the information is on my social media Brido Hingway B-R-I-D-O H-I-N-G-W-Y When are you going to Erskine? War isn't over and neither should going to Erskine be Remember we thought that when we were at uni Remember we saw that poster and it's Erskine the, the war charity Oh that's right and yeah It says on the poster War isn't over and neither should giving to Erskine be But it's <laughs> right, the name okay. of a charity Yeah but People at our college were like War isn't over and neither should going to Erskine be Why would anyone No giving <laughs> And I always think of that when I hear the word Erskine. So no, we're not got Erskine on this tour, but who knows next Well, year. they pulled down the theatre, and I'd like to take some time to talk about that, if you don't mind. My school had a theatre in it. Oh, I'm sorry, we're out of time. <laughs> <laughs> I'd love if it just cut off at that point. And now I'm going to talk at length about the, the, the warfare that happened You want to get the sound effect of a big bit of paper unrolling. Yeah. Now I want to just... I've got a few points. Scroll. <laughs> Uh, thank you both for joining me very much thank you Cole thanks Cole thanks for having us on your show (laughs) (laughs) oh what a nice little chat wasn't that nice Brad that was grand it was grand to sit here and just I always find it useful in this podcast as a way for me to kind of reflect on what I'm doing just take a minute away from the actual rehearsal room and go, huh. Yeah, just evaluate on your past few weeks. What actually am I doing? And yeah. what is it meaning to me? And yeah, it's cool. And it's perfect time to do it because we're sort of sort of wrapping up the rehearsal part. Yeah. And about to start the practical part of doing the tour. Uh you can head to Brian's social media, which is at Bridal Hingway. On all platforms, yes. On all platforms. Well, I mean, High all ones, platforms. low ones. Everywhere, wherever you want. Train ones. Uh, yeah, it's all, I'm um, everywhere. Platf- all, all the, Queen Street. Brido Hingway, B-R-I-D-O-H-I-N-G-W-I. <laughs> Get onto there and you can find all my tour dates, which and I've just your, mentioned in the interview, to be fair. And all the links are in your, your bio. Your are in the link tree. As the yeah. kids say. Aye. Fab. So Very buy nice. tickets. Come and see us. Yes. And come and, and come and meet Cole at the merch table. Oh, gosh. <laughs> Having a panic attack with a credit card machine. <laughs> Likely. Is that working yet, by the way? Well, we'll start uh, working on it. Tomorrow. Yeah, okay. Tomorrow. Manana. <laughs> hey, thank you for listening. Uh, join us next week where we'll see who we've got there. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Who knows? Have a nice week. Cheerio now.